I think that 3D models are going to fundamentally transform the way that real estate's transacted because it's effectively a way to teleport buyers around without them having to physically go into a house. Are you ready for the best real estate investing advice ever? Join Joe Fairless and today's best ever guests as they share it with you. It's the best ever advice with none of the fluff. Let's go. A quick word from our sponsor, 24 Sound. 24 Sound is technically an audio production company, but they're way more than that. They're there to help you grow your business from audiobooks to podcasts and everything in between. They're flawless as sound engineers and they're strategic as business partners. Visit them at 24sound.com. You can also email them at hello at 24sound.com. And of course, as a best ever listener, you'll get a best ever discount. Mention best ever and you'll get a 20% discount on your first product. Hello, best ever listeners. Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless and I'm here with today's guest, Dave Earacker. Hi, Dave. Hi, how's it going, Joe? I'm doing well. Thank you for joining us. And Dave is joining us from Seattle, Washington, where he is the co-founder at Surefield. And Surefield's a full-service brokerage firm that has virtual tour technology that builds virtual models of homes, allowing house hunters to navigate a property inside and out from their computers. And certainly something that I wish I had whenever I was buying single family homes, living in New York City, but investing elsewhere. And I'm excited to talk to you about that. And then also, Dave is the founder of and former CEO of Redfin, where he led product development efforts for new web-based for map search and develop salaried model for residential real estate agents, which completely broke the mold for how brokerage firms were previously structured. And the commonality that you'll find with his background is that he is a serial entrepreneur who's focused on the intersection of both economics and applied technology. So really looking forward to have this conversation. When he's not doing all that crazy stuff, he is skiing somewhere and he's trying to find snow and hitting the slope. So with that being said, Dave, can you give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on now? Yeah, sure. So I think you covered things pretty well, Joe. I started in real estate, I guess as a consumer, buying and selling a condo when I was right out of college. That moved into starting to work on Redfin. You know, early on, we heavily focused on map search and letting people search for homes that were available for sale, homes that had already sold, using those kind of search parameters with Redfin. And then we moved that kind of search engine traction over into a more brokerage-oriented model. And you know, now Redfin's obviously quite a bit bigger and has scaled up into a bunch of markets. After Redfin, I got back into real estate over the last few years with our current brokerage, Surefield. And what's different about the two is that Redfin is very heavily oriented towards home buyers with map search. And Surefield is 100% focused on home sellers. We're using 3D models to automate most of the home tours that take place. And we're trying to use that technology to pass on, you know, a new level of commission savings to homeowners. It seems like you're always looking to improve the industry through technology and making it easy 
for your target to adopt. What what do you see that's coming up next on the horizon from a technological innovation standpoint with real estate? Yeah, well, I think what we just saw in 2014 is probably the biggest fundamental shift that's going to be coming up for residential real estate in specifics and probably commercial and also rentals. And that is 3D models. You know, a long time ago, the only place they used 3D models was when you're producing a video game or you're doing special effects for a Hollywood movie, or maybe you're doing some, you know, computer automated design or, you know, manufacturing design work with three-dimensional geometry. In 2014, what happened is that computer vision research kind of matured to a stage that it could actually be commercialized. And so now there's these technologies that use lasers or infrared or stereo algorithms using images that can automatically build 3D models and can do it in a matter of hours. And what I'm proposing to you, at least in in this conversation, is that I think that 3D models are going to fundamentally transform the way that real estate's transacted because it's effectively a way to teleport buyers around without them having to physically go into a house. So I think that we're right in basically just the first page or the first chapter of how 3D models are going to impact the real estate market. What's the added value or what's the difference between a real estate agent going in with their iPhone filming the the place and then posting that versus a 3D model? Yeah, well, that's a very good question. And it's one that we've wondered here as well, um, at least as far as why don't lots of existing agents, you know, distribute that type of information today, right? Like you could ask the question, you know, why isn't it more common when we're looking at listing information to just see a walkthrough on YouTube that somebody made with their cell phone? Seems like that should be more common. And we don't see it. And I, I agree. I do find that a little bit curious. You know, the difference between that and a full 3D model, it's really about two things. The amount of data that's involved, so just the level of fidelity, and, and then it's also about choice. So in the video, you know, you've only got as much data as is being shown. But in a full 3D model, you've got the ability not just to walk where the person walked with the camera, anywhere outside the house, inside the house, and maybe even above the house if you're using quadcopters. The ability to kind of choose where you're going to go inside that massive data model is also a huge difference. So it's just like when we go on a home tour today. You know, we don't walk only where somebody's going to tell us to go. We, you know, get into the house and we just kind of follow our instincts on, you know, what we want to start looking at next. Right. Have you come across people who look at the 3D model and I mean, one aspect of it that I'm thinking that wouldn't be in the video, but maybe correct me if I'm wrong, would be imperfections on the house. Does the 3D model pick that up? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, obviously, you know, to get down into the level of, you know, structural and other stuff, we've, you know, people still have inspections and inspection contingencies. But in terms of, you know, what we do at Surefield with our listings is we attempt to accurately capture exactly what the house looks like. And we feel like presenting that, you know, good or bad directly to the buyer is the most efficient thing that we can do for our home sellers, for us as a brokerage, and for any prospective buyer. And, you know, sure, you know, maybe there's a lot of people that think that you should just, you know, only put the best foot forward or, you know, only, you know, maybe touch up the photos or, you know, but these kind of things come up later on in the transaction. And we've all seen transactions run off the rails. So 
you know, full transparency of what the underlying asset is allows us as a broker to most efficiently sell it for our home sellers and also for our buyers. What is your best advice ever for real estate investors? Well, I think if you're doing a high volume of transactions as an investor, I think you definitely want to, you know, keep track of your fees and the commissions that are involved in all these different deals and kind of watch that carefully. So I guess that'd probably be where I take that conversation. Can you elaborate on that? Well, I mean, I, I think that, you know, look, if you're, let's see, so, you know, it's really expensive to buy residential real estate in the U.S. It's less expensive to buy commercial real estate. And what I mean by expensive is that, that the, you know, the cost of the commissions is very high, you know, 6% of the underlying asset value. That's a large number compared with other, other countries around the world. So, you know, as somebody who's doing a large number of those deals, instead of just say, you know, one or two or three houses during our lifetime, like the rest of us. At what point would you recommend an investor get their, their license as a real estate agent? That's a good question. You know, if you're looking to just save money on the transactional fees, then, you know, I'm not sure what it's like in your neck of the woods, but here in Washington, you can probably get your license with about 60 hours of licensing and training. You know, if you're looking to, you know, get a lead on, you know, proprietary deal flow or stuff that hasn't been listed yet, then, you know, getting your own license isn't going to help you out with that. So I don't know. Does that answer your question there? Yeah. Yeah. It, basically, if you're wanting to commit for 60 hours and some ongoing training and fees, then then make it happen and just do a cost benefit analysis, right? Yeah, that's right. You ready for the best ever lightning round? Sure. Yeah. Okay. All right. First, a quick word from our sponsor. Best ever listeners, if you want to grow your business, you need an audio product. Contact 24sound at 24sound.com for a free consultation. And remember, you'll get 20% off your first product just by mentioning best ever. All right, Dave, best ever book you've read? I'll have to say uh, the Dune series by Frank Herbert, all six of them. How come they're the best ever book? The level of detail, Frank Herbert's vision, and it's just a super interesting amalgamation of biological technology, normal technology, psychology. It's really an interesting big series that Frank Herbert set up that I think is definitely a winner for anybody who likes sci-fi. Best ever listeners, I know you like audio, so you can go to freebesteverbook.com and get free audio versions of books like those. Best ever personal growth experience and what you learned from it. Also a good question. I would say, you know, running a startup and just dealing with the dramatic up and down deviations from normal, that type of challenging environment. So yeah, starting and ending companies has been the toughest thing for me, for sure. What's one thing you learned to do whenever those deviations occur? I guess um, I'm probably still working on that one, Joe. <laughs> but, you know, I guess I guess it's good to try and keep as much perspective as you possibly can. And when stuff's getting super stressful, you know, for me, at least I try and, you know, remember that nobody's going to get physically hurt. <laughs> Best ever success habit you practice? Also a good question. I would say intentionally putting yourself into situations that you find scary or intentionally putting into yourself into situations that are you know, maybe a little bit more bizarre or outside the normal range of experiences just so, just so you get a little bit more comfortable with you know, dealing with stuff that's new or dealing with stuff that's scary. Best ever business deal you've done? Yeah, I'd have to say that the best deal that I've done is, yeah, getting some early venture capital financing for Redfin. That's probably what I'm most proud of having pulled off. What was the one key to getting the early financing 
for Redfin? Persistence. Persistence. We had to go through. We had a lot of conversations with a lot of different investors. You know, we were kind of coming at it from a contrarian outsider standpoint. And we just ended up in a big feedback cycle where a lot of the venture capital investors were not domain expertise, domain experts. And they would go and kind of ask other They'd ask other people what they thought about what we were doing, and it wasn't quite as popular. So I think that made it a little bit harder for us to kind of get that early initial venture capital traction. How many conversations do you think you had before Inc. to contract on that uh, fundraising? Wow. You know, I'm sure we were upwards of 50 to 100 potential investors to get one of them over the plate, if you will. Best ever project you're most excited about right now? Best ever project I'm most excited about right now. What I'm most excited about today, Joe, is, and we haven't released this yet, but it'll be out shortly. We have extended the Surefield 3D model up into the air above the homes. So it used to be you could walk on the ground outside the house and then anywhere inside the house. And now with our next release, you're gonna be able to jump off the ground like Superman and then survey the house from the air. So it's just a, another one of those things where we can you know, keep adding in more and more features into the 3D model that makes it appealing as you know, sort of an initial substitute for you know, physically going to a place in person. What's the difference between that and looking at it on, say, Google Maps? Yeah, great question. You know, usually on the aerial mapping that is available on you know, Google, Microsoft, those websites, you might get down into a resolution of one foot per pixel is kind of high resolution aerial photography. In our case, we're coming in at a much, much lower level than a plane. You know, we're coming in with basically a quadcopter. So, you know, we have a, I'm not sure what our, you know, pixels per foot rate number would be, but it is more than 10 times more detailed than what you would be able to see up, you know, thousands of feet in the air. That's incredible. Very exciting. What's the best ever quote? Okay, so fortunately, I knew you were going to ask that, and I had time to look up one today that I thought was pretty good, just so I didn't butcher it entirely. Um, and that is, you know, Benjamin Franklin has said that it is the first responsibility of all citizens to question authority. And that's one of my favorite quotes, I think. Spoken as a true entrepreneur, how have you applied that in your life? Well, you know, I think that if you are inclined towards thinking that way, then you're going to be more likely to be, you know, trying to do your own, trying to do your own startups, I think, uh, or trying to have an impact, you know, that's maybe not the conventional norm. So that's certainly something that has characterized my professional activities. It's, you know, I've actually only worked for a big company once and it was only for 18 months as a consultant. So I guess, I guess in my own case, then I, what I'm saying is that it, it leads you to startups. <laughs> What's the biggest mistake you've made in real estate? Well, you know, I could say that the biggest mistake has been underestimating how long it takes things to change in residential real estate. It's really easy to get excited about the next new disruptive thing and how it's going to just take over the entire industry overnight. And, you know, at this point, having been involved on a couple product cycles in that space, I just have a lot more respect for the complexity and just the amount of inertia that the current status quo has. What's the best ever place to reach you? Oh, uh, best place to reach me is by email. And that's just, yeah, first initial last name, D-E-R-A-K-E-R -E -E at gmail.com. Thank you so much for being on the show and sharing your best ever advice with the best ever listeners. It's been such a treat hearing from you, you know, from an, an entrepreneurial standpoint, because as real estate investors, you know, we're all entrepreneurs in some form or fashion and hearing how 
what you do is really looking to challenge the, the convention and make it even better and improving the model and sometimes blowing up the model and rebuilding it as you did with Redfin or improving on existing technology and, and coming up with a way that really solves a need in the marketplace with what you're doing now at Sherfield. The 3D modeling aspect is just is fascinating to hear about and you know, coming from you, you know, it's definitely something that all of the best ever listeners and myself need to pay attention to with where that's headed in the future. And especially whenever you're have, you know, the, the Superman jump looking down on the house, that's 10 times more, you know, higher resolution than what's available now. And the 3D modeling, I can say as an investor, as I mentioned at the beginning of our conversation, I live in New York City, but I invest at the time I used to invest in single family residential stuff. And I would have to beg and plead to have a video shot of the home. But if I had this 3D model, my gosh, that would allow me to rest a lot easier at night whenever I know I'm closing on a property and I don't have to go and visit it every time I make an offer. So thank you so much for being on the show, sharing your best ever advice, and we'll talk to you soon. Okay, great. Yeah, thanks, Joe. Appreciate spending the time. Thanks for having me on your show. Hey, you, best ever listener. Do you want more? Then go to joefairless.com, where you'll get tons of free videos, templates, and content to help you get deals done. And remember to subscribe to the best ever show in iTunes, so you can keep getting your daily dose of the best real estate investing advice ever.